0: Today, Sean and I are joined by Mr. Tom Micklow, Development Director here at St. It's Mr. Micklow, how are you today?
1: I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me on, I appreciate yeah. this. this... Ha- happy to have you today, Mr. Micklow. Well, you know, I don't hear that too often, thanks. <laughs> 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 well,
0: I guess to start out, so you're working here at St. Ed's, and we just wanna know, get to know you a little bit. So where'd you okay. grow up?
1: Uh, Fort Dodge, Iowa. And school? Been uh, in the Catholic school system. This makes 60 years. I, I entered Holy Rosary grade school in the fall of 1961 wow and uh yeah so went to holy rosary that was they didn't have kindergarten i actually went to and i'm not lying although at this age you can lie because there's nobody around that was still alive then <laughs> that can call you a liar But i went to a one-room schoolhouse for kindergarten there were like eight or ten other kids one other kindergartner and, and there was like seriously k through eight at this little one-room country house or wow. school so then went to Holy Rosary, went to, went to St. Edmund, then graduated in 1973, um, have always kind of been around assisting with St. Ed's, always been a part of it. You know, I, I can honestly say I've seen every St. Edmund football team since 1969 play at least one game. And because uh, it was just something we've always done. And this year's was the best. And this year's was <laughs> by far the best. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, you guys—you guess were a lot of fun to watch. Well, thank you, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Cool. So,
0: I guess, Mister Miklo, what made you want to stay in this Catholic school system so long?
1: Well, just you know, a um, lot of wonderful things. Uh, it was like a second home to me when I was—I I grew up in the country, and and so you're out there, and I'm—I'm I'm extremely social. So you're out there, you know. I had an older brother and a younger brother who was quite a bit younger. So when I was in grade school, I would—I would come home and I would just be bored and go to school the next day and listen to my friends all the things they did in the neighborhoods and and that wasn't much fun so but it was enjoyable to be around the kids and then when we did move in, into town that was that was fantastic and but it was kind of like a haven uh I just enjoyed it so much and my years at st evan were just fantastic um had a, i think the thing that i love about the catholic schools was the size and the fact now my graduating high school class was 144 which is pretty big compared to what you guys are. Yeah. But it's really not that big. You pretty much still got to know everybody. and, and But you could, uh, and, and you guys can attest to this, you can be a part of anything you want to be because, you know, there's only so many people out for every sport and things like that or music. So I was, uh, I played football, I played basketball. I did track for a while until they figured out it was pretty slow. And... Uh, but you know, I, I I did the school play. We didn't do musicals then. We we did plays, and I was in that, and and that was just a riot. Uh, just had a had a blast. So I always wanted this for my children, and uh, so just kind of always been here, and and uh, that's how I got in development. Was I was I was on the school board in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, and uh, we had some financial issues at St. Edmund. And I, I and four or five other, hundred other people got involved and, and said, you know, how do, we, how do we turn this around, got going, and then we started, uh, they talked about development. And I said, you know, I think this is something I can do. And to make a long story short, I applied for the job, got the job, and this is my 28th year. So, wow. and, and have loved every minute of it.
0: So as a development director, what's your role here at Standard? It's like, what do you do Uh, day-to-day
1: yeah you know basically um, when when we say development fundraising is is the biggest part of it but it's not fundraising per se it's it's actually building relationships with people who in turn will support the system so it's not like you know magazine drives and and things like that and those things are fine they have their place and everything but we're looking for bigger gifts long-term gifts we do something called plan giving, where we visit with people about their estates when they, when they pass their wills, um, and, and those are where the biggest gifts have come from. And we've been very fortunate over the years, and uh, you know we've had we've had a few multi-million dollar gifts, and that's what uh, that's really what it's all about. But again, it, it, everything I do really is is around building relationships with people because once they get to know you uh, and trust you, then. They will listen and and i've seen you know someone start out with a small gift one year and in a few years you see that grow and and also they then they, they get involved uh and the same thing with the church you know we try to get people to to buy into you know what we're trying to do and and show them your needs and we're always i always talk tell our story i tell the saint story here's who we are here's what we're trying to be and you know can can you help us can you assist us in this so that's in a nutshell what it is and every day is different mm-hmm. <laughs> and and along, because I've been here so many years I've gotten involved in a lot of other things um, that, that a normal developed person might not just because people call me they're the ones I'm the one they know I've been here for so long so anytime they have a question a concern they'll call me which is which is fine I sometimes the administrators might get tired of that but that's just the way it is. <laughs>
0: So you've been here, you know, for quite a while. And quite a while. <laughs> we've heard that you're retiring this year. That that's, the plan, yeah, yes. that's the plan. Yes,
1: uh, uh, June 30th. Hope <laughs> to be the last day. And, and
0: Mrs. Lofswiler is going in. Susan
1: uh class of '96, uh, who I've known since she was a baby, is is going to follow along. I will. Uh, I will be uh, around for a while to assist her. Um, you know, and just kind of show her the ropes and. And uh, I, I have, I think she'll be fabulous. She's got an outstanding personality. And, and again, as I mentioned, you know, it's, it's, that's really what you, the biggest thing you need is, is that personality and the, and the willingness to go out and tell the story. Well, Everything else you can learn and you just get lucky along the way. <laughs>
0: well, we're glad to hear that. Yeah. Glad that you liked your time at St. Edmund and Thanks, Sean. But I guess as we start going forward, the St. Nine ball is coming closer. saint
1: Ball is getting very close.
0: Uh, do you want to kind of talk about the ball? And
1: Yeah, you know, uh, last year we, we kind of got the shock with the COVID. We, the ball originated in 1984 and it was Denny and Elaine Huss were Sioux City natives and they were over in Sioux City and the first ball in our diocese was held by Sioux City Healing in 1983. And they attended it and saw it and saw how it functioned and saw the money that it raised. And they came back and talked to their good friends, John and Connie Brunner, and said, you know, we should try to do something like this at St. Evan. And they did and uh, very successful raised $50,000 the first year. And a lot of people said, well, yeah, you know, you'll never be able to do that every year. And they were right the next year they raised 60 and has been going on ever since. And wow. it was a, and it was an amazing thing to watch launch. And and over the years, of course, it's changed a lot. But as I started to say last year, we, you know, we with COVID, we were about a month and a half away from having the event. And and one of the co-chairs said to me, we wouldn't have to cancel this because of COVID. And I said, oh, no, certainly. And about a week later, I said, you know what? Yeah, we're not, we're not gonna be able to do this because everything's getting shut down. Mm -hmm. So we we scrambled around, We, we did it virtually, and it was a huge success. And so as we came into this year, you know, we made the decision early on. uh, The chairs this year, Jeremiah and Jenny Condon and Tommy and Danielle Pingle. we sat down in January and said, okay, look, it doesn't look like it's going to let up. The diocese is saying, you know, nothing before May 1st. We're going to follow that edict and uh, we'll just plan to do it virtually again. So that's what we're about. And it will be on uh, Saturday, May 1st will be live uh, from the St. Eman Auditorium, and you can watch it on the St. Eman, uh, Development Office Facebook page from 7 to 9. We have a live auction, that or, uh, an auction, not live auction, excuse me, a virtual auction, that is, uh, will open actually April 10th at 9 p.m. It is on biddingforgood.com backslash seball, and Alright, we've got quite a few items, and, and I would guess we'll probably end up with a hundred items or more. We've got vacations, uh, we've got all kinds of uh, goodies. I just picked up one of the coolest things I've ever gotten. Uh, a couple from out by Rollin called me, and they had an antique record player. And this is a, a, about five foot tall, and of course, no electricity. This is I, I believe, 1913 <laughs> the year this was made, and it's a crank and it has these, oh, about inch and a half thick records, about 50 records, and, and, and an arm that you, you crank this up, and that's the power, you set the stylus down, and it's a speaker that'll blow your ears out. It's, it, you can't believe the sound, it's original, it's, it's in immaculate shape. And, uh, you know, they just, uh, they'd had it for a long time and, and didn't have a use where they wanted to donate it. And so I think that'll, I think that'll be a cool item. Everybody who's seen it has, has said, you know, that'd look great in my house and it really would look great in anybody's house. It's, it's just, a, it'd be a cool thing to just sit around and talk about and uh, a conversation piece. Yeah, so. definitely. sounds
0: like a, they're going to have to battle you for it. <laughs> they, might they might have to, they might have
1: to. My wife might have other ideas,
0: but well, yeah. I'm glad to hear about the ball. And as we start to get close to the end of this episode, we have three questions that we like to ask. Okay, every here we go. With the first question being, who is a role or mentor that has inspired you oh. throughout your career,
1: boy. There's just there's so many of them, Sean. I, I wouldn't know where to start. But the first one I would say was Sister Mary Joel Colmer, who was my fourth and fifth grade teacher way back in Holy Rosary. She's an amazing lady. Um, she uh, unfortunately she lost her life serving God. She uh, she became a missionary in the 80s and uh, was was actually murdered in liberia in 1992 with four other nuns it's a very tragic story but she was a, a tremendous inspiration to me and um you know then down the line father richard Kilbasa, the rock and uh, if, if you're a salmon guy you've heard of the rock uh, bill sheridan great teacher dick Wiedenfeld, bill kibbe john brunner you, you guys have all heard these names over <laughs> the years father pat walsh um, and, and I hate to admit this, he won't let he won't hear, but Mahoney Bakken. Oh, Mahoney. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's been a source of, uh, oh gosh, how should I say, Inspira- inspiration is a source of advice for me. And I don't even have to ask him. He's he's constantly giving me advice. I don't oh, even ask.
0: I know, I, I would go to Mahoney's house sometimes <laughs> with Connor Bakken and we'd sit down with Mahoney and he'd be telling us, you gotta make your way through the world, you gotta be able to count the money. Boys, oh, boys.
1: <laughs> You got to save your money. You got to work now. You don't have enough money, you got to get a second job. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. Right?
0: And he's a, you won't, be, you won't be afraid to tell you. He'll stick it right to <laughs> you. <laughs> so from your time here at Sinez, Mr. Micklow what's a favorite memory or a few that you've had? Um, oh, from wow. Uh,
1: there's just, there There's so many, uh, you know, I met my wife and I were high school sweethearts. So, 46 years April 5th we'll be married, so wow, that's a pretty good memory. Yeah, But, you know, just just some awesome, all the awesome people, all the awesome alumni. That's one of the coolest parts about my job is I get to work with just some just great people who, who have the same care uh, for the school that I do and, and uh, you know, just amazing faculty and staff over the years. People that uh, just were a lot of fun to work with. You know, I think of, I think of people like RJ Musselman uh, who was just a hoot. Uh, Joe Shanks, Joe and I worked great together for many, many years. And uh, um, yeah, I, you know, there, there's just too many to, to mention, bro. thank mm-hmm. you, though.
0: Well, for the final question, we want to see if you have any advice that you'd like to share with anybody listening.
1: Oh, um, you know, the, the best advice I probably ever got was from my mother, who, if somebody wronged you, she would always say, "No, you get angry, and you know you can try and seek revenge, but the best thing to do is kill them with kindness. They won't expect that, and and I think that's been good advice uh, over the years. You know, you just you got to let that stuff go. If if you don't, it festers, and and uh, so yeah, be be nice to somebody who's not being nice to you, and pretty pretty soon they'll stop. They'll get it, uh, and I and I think that's worked for me for over the years. You know, you you always run into somebody like that, but." Uh, that'd be some advice.
0: It's good advice to live by. <laughs> well, with that being said, we'd like to thank you for joining us today on this episode, and we want to thank you personally for help starting this podcast, because according to Brady, you helped run this all.
1: Well, we, uh, we you know, Mrs. Glass came to me with this idea, which is a fabulous idea. Uh, I, I found some people who, would, who were willing to get involved and donate the funds for it, and yeah, I just, uh, I think the future's bright for this. You guys have done a uh, fantastic job and I know there's some younger kids itching to get involved and uh, I don't know who's going to replace Brady because <laughs> let's face it he's the brains of the Brady's the, mm-hmm, <laughs> the brains behind this whole thing that you guys can't hear <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we want to wish you best of luck on your retirement Thanks, guys. and we want to thank everybody for joining us today on this episode I'm Sean Flattery joined by Brock Stonick and thank you for listening to